God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Beloved, there is a cause. There is a cause. The Bible said that the Philistines stood on one mountain. And the people of God also stood on another mountain. When you read 1 Samuel 17, I think verse 2, they stood on one mountain, and the children of God also stood on one mountain. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. Hallelujah. Amen. The wisdom, you see, this is the battle. This is always the battle. There is falsehood standing on one mountain, and there is truth also standing on another mountain. There is selfishness standing on one mountain, and there is love or selflessness also standing on another mountain. Light is standing on one mountain, Darkness is also standing on the other mountain, and there's a valley between them. Now, God is looking for men who will lead his wisdom for his wisdom or his mountain to swallow up the other mountain. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes it feels as though it is much ado about nothing. But it is not. Whatever you think is worth living for, it's not worth living for if it is not in line with the vision of God, if it is not in line with the plans and purposes of God. It is not worth living for. It is not worth living for. It is not worth living for. That is how it feels. It's as though we have to look for things and chase after things. But I tell you, they are all not worth living for. Anything apart from the will of God, anything apart from the vision of God, anything apart from the purposes of God are not worth living for. Hallelujah. They are not worth living for. Do you know how many years we will spend on this earth? It is deception. That, you see, when we are raised, we are raised to chase after the world and the things of the world because we are deceived into thinking that that is where true happiness is. It is deception. 
You see the way when you are growing up, nobody talks to you about God and working for God. You see, it is like, let's grow and become whatever we want to become so that we can get money. It's like our end is money. But I tell you, that end, that thing, it is a deception from hell. Do you see why and how the devils fight you when these messages come to you? You begin to ask foolish questions like, so if we don't work, are we telling you it shouldn't work? You see, that is the work of the enemy, the devil. And today, that evil must leave your heart. God, as I'm preaching to you, I also work. So, it's like the structure of the world. It's like everything has been structured to project a certain image which is false, but has been believed to be true. And people who say they are following the Lord also believe it. And it's like we cannot depart. It's as though when that vision is taken away from our heart, we'll die. We'll not amount to anything. What do you want to amount to? What do you want? Like, what do you want? Mention all the things that you want. It's, it's what? I'm here to tell you, it is deception that has been so painted. It has been painted so much so that it's difficult to break away from. The plans, purposes, the intentions of God has been turned upside down, has been rubbed off. So you see men living, but they are not living for the purpose for which they were created. What an aimless life. You are living, but you are not living for the purpose for which you were made. Have you tried understanding that kind of life? You are living, but you are living a life different from the purpose for which you were made. And we have been re-educated that when we talk about purpose now, they are the things that will bring us fame, power, money, and still, the thing that still tie us to the world. Hey, the deception is too strong. It's too strong. But the Lord will help us. But the Lord will help us to the extent we are willing for him to help us. Amen. God created man as his friend. That was God's intention. To form a perfect union, not any other union, a perfect union, where I in you and you in me. That's the kind of relationship that God created man for. So every move of God is to establish this his intention. Every step that the Lord takes, every action of God is to reinforce, is to bring us into alignment of this eternal purpose. That is the move of God. But the enemy has also worked so much so that the purpose of God, the thing that are supposed to align us unto God, in our engagement of them, rather separate us away from God. We are not aligned in our engagement in them. We are not aligned with God. 
Because then when we talk about spirituality, proper spirituality should put us in an alignment with God, the heavenly order, the heavenly vision, the heavenly purpose, the heavenly intention. That is what spirituality is supposed to do for us. And that spirituality, the beginning of that spirituality is the word of God that comes to us, is the doctrine that comes to us in the external. So that by our engagement in them, we'll be aligned to the Lord. This perfect union, this intention of God will be fulfilled in us. But even the church, which is supposed to represent this kind of work on the earth, is falling off. It's falling off. So you see people walking about, but the purpose of God is not something that they are pursuing. They are pursuing something, but they are not pursuing the purpose of God for their lives. And that is it's misery. To find yourself in that state, and they also think that they are rather in that union with God. Do you think the enemy will allow you to be chasing something else and make you feel like you are in union with me rather than God? No. So as they are pursuing these things, they also think they are in union with God. They think just going to church brings you into union with God. They think any message can bring you into union with God. They think giving offering, doing all other things can bring you into union with God. And that is what they believe strongly. But when you enter their lives, the Lord who should be present is not there. He kabod. The glory has departed. There's no glory. There's no God present with men. So men are walking as though they are walking with God, but there's no God with them. And we have allowed self, love for self, the evils of the heart, to take control over our members, to take control over our minds, our hearts, so strong so that anything that tries to bring us away, detach us from this false mind and this evil heart, we rise against it. I'm trying to paint a picture. Hallelujah. The word of God, since the beginning, is the word of the covenant. When we think about God, we think about his word. When we think about God, we think about church. When we think about church, we think about the word. So we cannot think about church. We cannot think about God. We cannot think about spirituality without thinking about the word of the Lord. When the enemy makes the word of God of none effect, he has come between us and God. God cannot reach us. We can also not receive from God. The enemy attacked the soul of the relationship that we're supposed to have with the Lord. The word was attacked. Some of you, sometimes you think we just want to preach something different. No. The word that exists is under attack. The interpretation that is being given is under a strong attack, a strong influence from hell. So when the word of God is made of non-effect, it means the covenant that is to exist between us and God, it can never happen. Do you understand that? It's like coming to take your heart away from you. What happens to your body? You are dead. 
So that is the state of Christianity. That is the state of what people call spirituality. The soul is not there. It has been corrupted. The light which is supposed to shine is darkness now. That is the state. And now the enemy has made it normal that it's like, oh, every man of God preaches something. Oh, whatever. Oh, they said they also preach powerful. We have no ability to even discern. We have no ability to even place things where they are supposed to be. Our sense of analysis and interpretation and everything has been attacked. When you deal with people and it's like you are entering their heart, they run away, they shut it. Why? We've been educated to be Christians without the evils of our heart being cast, being removed, without any interference as far as what we think and what we desire in our heart to do, without any interference. We want to be Christians and not have any interference in the way we are and the way we think and the evils in our heart. We don't have any interference in them. So when we talk about the work that the Lord has given unto us, when we talk about this vision of God, it's not much ado about nothing. I pray the Lord will grant each and everyone an understanding. I pray that the Lord will open all of us, our eyes to see. It is a state that you wouldn't want anybody to be in. It's a state that you wouldn't want anybody to be in. And as people are growing and they are entering the point of accountability, the place of freedom, free will, this is what they should be pursuing. So you get to a point of freedom, you should be pursuing happiness. But now, the happiness that we seek are in the things of the world. Because that's the kind of education that we received. So we are corrupted from childhood to the point of accountability, the place where we are, we are able to exercise free will. And then we choose against the Lord. We choose against the Lord. And we go, 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 go. If the Lord does not help, if a member from Christ Academy does not come in, if the Lord does not send an angel your way, you just go. And the more you go, the more you are entrenched in the darkness and in the falsehood, and the more you are arrogant and you despise spiritual things. The thing that has been meant to set you in alignment with God and his purposes. Hallelujah. When Jesus was growing up, in Luke chapter 2, I think verse 49, the Bible said that when they went for the feast and his parents were looking for him, this is what he said. And he said unto him, how is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? This is supposed to be the disposition of every man. That as you grow to a point, you start asking this question. How is it that you sought me? Who paid them on me? Why are you looking for me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? So there's the will of the divine. There's the plan of the divine. There's the intention of the divine. That ought to be pursued. And as men are entering the point of accountability... 
the place where they are able to exercise free will. This is what they must be about, to start seeking the intentions of God for themselves, to start seeking the plans of God for themselves, to start seeking the intentions of God for themselves. Why? Because we are entering a place of spirituality where we can now exercise our own free will so that the vision of God for man, which is God in me and I in God, that vision will be possible. Hallelujah. You know, without free will, this vision of God is not possible, right? So as we grow and we enter the place of free will, this is what we must lift our eyes seeking. The Father's business. The intention of the divine. The plans of the divine. The purposes of the divine. This is what we must set our lives seeking. Because at this point of free will, it is a place where spirituality is possible. Where now I can be truly aligned unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, when people are entering the place of free will, one of the things that is in their mind is happiness. I'll be able to do what I want. I'll be able to choose what I want to do. And I'll be able to, it's like, yeah, you are free. You can do all that. But this happiness and free will, they are not separable. It means that at that point when we are in that point of free will, where we are able to now choose the Lord for that perfect union to be possible with us, that is actually what is supposed to bring happiness unto us, the heavenly bliss. Hallelujah. But we have been educated in a way that we now seek this happiness from something else. Hallelujah. And you know, happiness and purpose. Happiness cannot be separate from purpose. Because when you are able to execute what you were made for, you enter a certain bliss, a certain delight, a certain happiness. Hallelujah. We were made for God. So when we're able to receive from God, that is what will make us happy. You see, this thing, you will agree or not, but this is the truth. And you cannot do anything to hurt the truth. Whatever you do, when you oppose the truth that the Lord is bringing to you, you, you will just have to purify the truth or strengthen it. You cannot hurt it. You cannot do anything against the truth. Hallelujah. Purpose is like the purpose of the chicken is that we chew it. There's some people when they're coming to kill a goat or a fowl, they are sad. They want to pray that Lord should forgive their sins and all that. No. The chicken is happiest when we chew it. And the goat is happiest when we chew it. The goat is not happy when we don't chew it. When it grows, we allow it to grow out and it dies. You know, when the thing dies, we cannot go and cut the head, you see. But as it is approaching, when we cut, they say, yes, I fulfilled my vision. Amen. We're also made for a certain vision. We're made for a certain purpose that the Lord will dwell in us and he will operate through us. Hallelujah. When that vision it's not accomplished in a man. That man is in misery. No matter what he thinks he has and enjoy and benefit from and all that. That man is in misery. And that misery is known to you alone. When you are there in your heart of heart, acquiring and pursuing all the things and 
you feel like, no, there's a certain vacuum still in your heart. You see that, no, you have not gotten there yet. Hallelujah. There's a certain father's business. There's the intention of heaven. There's the purpose of heaven that we ought to pursue. Jesus said he must be about his father's business. So every man is actually after his father's business. You see? So there is a certain heavenly business. That business is that the will of God will be done in you and the will of God will be done through you. Hallelujah. Amen. But this union, as we've mentioned already, is made possible by the word of God, the word of the covenant. So if the word available to the people is the word that does not bring them in union with God, then they will have access to God, but that word will not be able to fulfill God's intentions and plans. Amen. That word will not be able to fulfill God's intention and plan. You see, when you see a man, don't look at him and say, oh, he's even holding a Bible, so he's fine. No. Go looking for the Lord that is present in the man's life. Because when a man is fulfilling his purpose, he's in union with God. And that union, we cannot help but find the Lord operational in you. We cannot help but find love for God and love for the neighbor ruling in your heart. We cannot help but find love for God and love for the neighbor in your heart. So when we look into your heart and there's no love for God, there's no love for the neighbor, then there's a problem. No matter what you think you have in the external. Amen. But we are also aware of the deficiencies and the inability of the current doctrine of the Christian church. So we know that. And we know that as long as people ascribe unto this doctrine, there's no way the Lord will be present with them. Amen. So we look into our lives trying to enforce this divine purpose, trying to enforce these divine intentions into our lives. But we also have an eye for those outside. And we know that, hey, how can a man live without fulfilling his purpose? And what they have does not have the ability to help them fulfill this divine purpose. So in the relationship that we have with God, that sense of responsibility, that comes to us as we encounter and experience the Lord. We go out also looking out for a brother. We go out looking out for a sister. We go out looking out for someone so that this purpose, the intention, the plans of God will be accomplished in their lives. Hallelujah. So the father's business is not one, it's two. He has a business with us and we together with him also have a business to the world. Amen. And this is what Jesus said. He, Jesus said, he must be about his father's business. Hallelujah. And truly, every man is after his father's business. You are either in the devil's business or the business of hell, or you are in the heavenly business. Now the question is, who is your father? Because every man is in his father's business. As long as you prescribe to the doctrine, as long as 
you hold on onto the evils with you, the falsehood with you, you are in the business of hell. You see? You are in the business of hell. And you are cooperating with hell, aligning with hell. And you are a tool in the hands of the devil. You are being used to champion the agenda of hell. You are being used to push the intention of hell. Do you know the intention of hell? To separate us from God. And that is what selfishness does. That is what evil does. Evil separates us from God. That's what also does. As God's intention is to be united with man, hell's intention is it hell's intention is not even that hell will be united with you. The intention is that that purpose of God will not come to pass. Whatever you do afterwards, that one is not their case. See, God has a vision. God has a purpose. Hell's intention is that that vision will not come to pass. If that vision also has not come to pass, then we know where you belong. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, I have one mission. The mission is to, by the grace of God, help us to see the agency, the responsibility that is upon us. It's not a joke. Can you imagine someone living 70, 80, 90 years on this earth and the person never fulfilled his or her purpose? Like, the Lord's vision, intention, plans, purposes for that man did not come to pass. Can you imagine that? Is it a pleasant sight to behold? It is not. It is a very sad sight to behold. Amen. And I'm saying that if there was any other way this could be done, wouldn't be here talking about the message the Lord has given us and the vision of God that has met us. We didn't be talking about it because there's another way of helping people apart from this vision of God and the message of God. But there's no other way. You understand? That's why we are always talking about the message the Lord has given us. That's why we're always talking about the vision of God with us. That is why we always talk about the, the church, this church, Christ Academy, and the vision, what the Lord has given unto us, the responsibility that we have from the Lord. No. It's about God. And what we have seen the Lord desire for man. What we see as the Lord's intention, his plans, his purposes for man. And we see that there's no other way for this intention, this plan to come to pass. Except we carry the word of reconciliation, the word of the covenant, the word that has the ability to bring two together unless we carry it to them. Hallelujah. So the father's business, Jesus said, we see not that I must be about my father's business. It means that the business that is supposed to happen in us ought to happen. Because when we go forth, you can't go forth in your name. What is in your name? That which proceeds from you is what? Does it have any power? The only power it has is to manipulate and, and that one, it draws us deeper and deeper into hell. That is what your name represents. But there is a name that when we continue with God, when we fellowship with God, 
when we seek to experience and encounter God according to his word, there is a name that we receive. That is the name of the Lord. It is the name that proceeds from the Lord. And that is the name that we ought to go forth from. Hallelujah. Like David said, he said, you come unto me with spear and sword and shield, but I come unto you in the name of God, the Lord of the host of armies, whom thou hast defied. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. So we have to go in a certain name. Hallelujah. It means that we have to be raised in a certain way. The word of God that has come to us must affect us deeply because our sense of responsibility, our sense of attachment to the vision of God is dependent on the experience that we have with the word of God. If you have no experience with the message, you can never be a messenger. Hallelujah. When you have an encounter with the message, when you have a revelation, when you have an experience of the message, you leave that room with a certain sense of responsibility. Hallelujah. You leave that room with a sense of responsibility. The sense of responsibility is what allows you to stand with the vision of God and ask the, the people and the thing that are trying to hold you back, that is there not a cause? Hallelujah. Is there not a cause? You have experienced something. You have encountered something. You know, David started recounting his experience of God in the wilderness as he was shepherding the animals. So he came with a certain conviction. He had a certain exposure, a certain encounter, a certain experience. That's why he could say that he come unto you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. We need an encounter. We need an awakening. We need an experience. When we have seen, when we have encountered Oh, our declaration is that, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? We are always tired, but is there not a cause? I'm not talking about being tired from working from 8 to 5. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being tired from our labors in spiritual things. Laboring in the way. Laboring in prayer, laboring in overcoming, laboring, laboring, laboring. That is where we encounter the Lord. That is where we encounter the Spirit. That is where we experience Him. And that is where we can stand and ask the people and the things that are trying to stop us, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Some of you can easily be talked out of taking a spiritual step. It's because you have no experience. You have no encounter with the word. You have no attachment with the word. You have no experience. You have no experience. And that is one thing that we all have to be seeking. Because how many of us from the special program 
the purpose of suffering, saw that this part, if you walk, this is, this part, the God is there. Like you knew from your heart of heart, this is the part where God dwells. How many of us? Like this one, you now, as the message went on, you saw that, no, hey, this is the part, this is where God dwells. How many of us again? Like you now, you saw it too. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So that is just an invitation for you to partake of this wondrous things, of these glorious things, because this is where God dwells. And sometimes it feels as though the enemy is winning. He feels as though darkness is winning. The mountain of the Philistines are winning. He feels as though the falsehood is winning. Oh, Lord. And we don't know whether we will win or not. And that battle is also there. And we don't know whether we will succeed or not. And the battle exists and it's real and it's there. But there's a prophecy in the scriptures where the mountain of the lost house shall be exalted above all other mountains. Hallelujah. And when that prophecy was being given, I believe as a ministry, the Lord had us in mind. And as an individual that has found yourself in this ministry, that has had an experience or an encounter, or you've come into the atmosphere, you have had a certain level of encounter experience with this wisdom of God. I believe the Lord had us in mind. Hallelujah. If we will all rise as David to face the Philistine, if we will rise as David to face the Philistine, we will succeed in what the Lord has given us. The interesting thing is that the vision of God is not limited to any man. Whether you decide to be part of it or not, it doesn't change the fact that the Lord has a vision. The Lord will keep pushing. He will keep looking for those whose hearts are committed unto him so that he work together with them. Hallelujah. So what the Lord wants to do will be done. It may take years, but it will be done. Or he will still keep pushing till men begin to respond unto him. But you that you have found this work of God, this vision of God, you know you very soon will exit the earth, right? So we have to say that, teach me to number my days so that I will be able to apply my heart unto wisdom. So we have to be able to assess truly the state that we find ourselves in. We have to be able to own up to the name that we are carrying the nature, what we are carrying now, so that we know where we stand and we look at the vision of God and we are not there and we have to apply our heart unto wisdom because our days on the earth are numbered. Amen. And we don't want to waste our lives on the earth or you want to waste your life. I don't think anybody wants to waste his or her life on the earth. So God's vision is there. If all of you go, me there, I'm not sure I will go. I won't go. So I won't follow you. So God will work. Pastor 2 will not go. 
You too, you won't go. You also not go. Okay, so those of us who will not go, the Lord will work with us. And we'll be able to give ourselves to him more than he will push, he will push. We'll push as long as we are alive. But by the time we are exiting, Elise will come. Ebo will come. Fee will come. Audrey will come. Araba will come. Pastor Mike. Jason will come. Jeffrey will come. Salian will come. Lana Michelle will come. Please, these are the names of those who said we are not going anywhere. So it's not like I'm saying, <laughs> we said we are not going anywhere. <laughs> I know we are all not going anywhere. Amen. <laughs> so the vision of God will still exist among them. But at that time, we would have passed here, the place where we should have aligned ourselves to the Lord's purposes and plan. That opportunity will not be there again. So however we exited this place will be perfected in that state forever. Hey, hey Lord. So it means that if you leave this earth without being interested in the will of God, the plans of God, without standing with God, without taking a special, you know, you have to take a special stance for God. That stance is untouchable. That one, that place, we don't go there. See the question Jesus asked, why are you looking for me? It's like what the parents were doing was an interference to something. That, that thing is untouchable. Hmm. Those evil things, mom, you don't want them to be touched. That's where you don't want anything to touch and come between. But the proper thing that ought not to be touched, that one, they are being pushed here and there, being touched here and there, and being spot here and there. Hey. We have to take a certain stance with God then. It's called Owomo and Kwemo. That's the place. It's untouchable. The Bible speaks in Acts, speaks about those who through much tribulation entered the kingdom confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Sometimes we have to take a stance that we want to be persecuted but we are not being persecuted. Taking a stance with God. Taking a stance with the vision of God. Through much tribulation Entered into the kingdom of God. Some of us, we are still not clear in our minds whether to overcome or not. It means that we have not even gotten to the place where we can be persecuted for anything. Because there's nothing with us. You see that thing? But there's a place where you see your love being touched, being touched. Your love for the Lord is like being bombarded here and there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The song, the ancient words say that it came to us through sacrifice. Do you understand? The word came to us through sacrifice. Sacrifice is not told. It is something that is generated per our relationship with God, per the interaction that we have with God. 
So nobody can tell you what to sacrifice. If someone tells you something to, to sacrifice something and you do it, you didn't really sacrifice. Because sacrifice, that's not how we sacrifice. Sacrifice is when you now you look at it again, hey, you, the way you feel the Lord and Charlie, the way, no, let this thing go, let this thing go. It is the vision of God and what the Lord is up to. Hallelujah. Being bombarded from within, being attacked from within because of a decision that you've made to stand with God and his vision. And most times, those experiences are not the thing that will take you away. They seem to temper with your resolve, your drive. It's like they come in to slow you down. They come in to slow you down. But you have also resolved that it is the Lord and what he is about. It is not about me and anything I wish. It is about the Lord and what he desires. When you read about the early church, how they were persecuted, <laughs> Charlie, someone was calling the cross, Say, ah, how I miss you. He misses the cross. The cross that his savior died on, he misses the cross. They are going to kill you because of the gospel. And you are welcoming the cross. Are you mad? How will you welcome cross? It's not like they should shoot you to die. Oh. They are going to kill you on the cross. You know what that means? You see, tortures and uh, suffering and say, oh cross, how I miss you. The guy who bore false witness for them to kill James. After everything and they were going to kill him, he cried, he was sad. <laughs> so he joined him for them to be killed. <laughs> He joined him, and James was talking to the guy, like, as though nothing had happened. Hey, God. We are dead, like, hey. But he forgave the guy, and they spoke, and like they were now talking about the Lord, and the, <laughs> and they killed both of them. Something. You see, this thing, it's like, ah. Why? Something, something has really happened here. You see, we, we have so many cares. We have so many cares. Oh, oh, Lord, may the Lord help us. Oh, and the Lord will help us. Amen. Because the persecution to them, eh, it's like the fire that burns the wood and the hay and the stubble and all those things. But it purifies the gold, the silver, the precious stones. You see, that's how they received the persecutions. Of course, now nobody is coming to kill you because of the gospel. But it has a correspondence in the spirit. Hallelujah. And that is the stance that we have to take for the Lord. The specific stance, that one I can't, I mean, you, you have to do this. You, when in this time, do this. Instead of doing this, don't. No, 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 no. That one, it stands before us each and every day. And what the Lord will do for us is that as we are committed, he will grant unto us the grace to stand with him. Hallelujah. He will grant unto us the grace. 
to stand with him. The Bible says in Jeremiah, it says that, that said the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. That is my closing message. But let him that glorieth glory in this. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Some of you, the first step you are supposed to take is that I will take a stand to obey God in rain or sign. When I die, I die. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. That is the first place you have to stand for many other things too, many other spiritual doors to be open unto you. If you don't take a stand for God, you don't know him. If you don't take a stand for God, there will always be a reason why you should succumb to the pressure from hell. That evil that stands before you, that is like, you always feel like you can do without overcoming this evil and that you and that evil can coexist in this your spiritual walk. No, you can't. Take a stance for the Lord. That is when you begin to understand some of these things that we are talking about. That's when you begin to understand some of these things that we are sharing. As long as you remain in your evils, as long as you remain in your sins, it will be very difficult to lift up your mind to heavenly things, to spiritual things. This I speak specifically to someone. So that desire to stand for the Lord and those things will just remain imaginations. They will remain dreams. It's like that door you can't shut. That door is like, hey, if I shut this door, I will die and all those things. Those are all deceptions from hell. Stand with God and see. Hallelujah. Stand with God and see. Sometimes when I look at the way the man of God, pastor is laboring, he's laboring a lot to help us in the way of the Lord, to bring the truth to us, to help us grow spiritually. I mean, when you look at him, don't you feel any sense of response? Don't you also feel like, hey, you to your life must be about something? And uh, yeah, you see. If there was nothing, I'm sure you would have stopped by now. But the guy is not stopping. It's like when you feel like he should slow down, he is soaring. So it means that the thing we are not stopping. Is it that thing that when you go for a prayer meeting, you feel like you are coming to end the prayer, then you realize, hey, Sam, it was just changing of gear, and it's for the next two, three hours, we'll be going. You, <laughs> you will just give up and Charlie, start also trying to put yourself together so that you can also catch some 30 minutes. You see? I've been to prayer meeting and people were sleeping before. Some people will lie on the floor as though they are praying. Then as they are lying there, 
we will finish spraying, they will still be like. <laughs> you wake them up. You when you look at their eyes, you say, oh, okay, you are asleep. You are sleeping. They gave up on the way. You see, the Lord was taking us somewhere, but they gave up on the way. I remember those days, Gamsu prayer. Was it a prayer marathon or something? Ah, this guy was in the speakers, so speakers, work the noise. So he was in the speakers asleep. So as a brother was praying, I think he realized the guy was asleep. So he tapped him. <laughs> when he tapped him, he said, <laughs> when he tapped him, like, he, he continued. <laughs> he said that you wake up and, no, 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 he mean that <laughs> he prayed into the sleep and woke up and, <laughs> Amen. So, the man of God is not giving up. He's not slowing down. So we have an example, one to look up to. So that when the enemy comes to you and you are feeling weak and you want to give up, you look at the gap that the one ahead of you has given and the way he's going, then you also motivate yourself. If you let that be an inspiration to you, then you also continue. But giving up is not an option. Hallelujah. We have been called to something great. And as pastor keeps saying, we are the brink of things. You see? And we all have personal responsibility. As we are working with God, the things the Lord is showing us, the things the Lord is bringing onto our attention, to pay serious attention to those things. So that will be useful in what the Lord is doing. David asked, is there not a cause? You that you want me to go back and you want me to do this and all that. Is there not a cause? Is there not something to live for? Is there not something to fight for? Is there not something to lay down my life for? Some of you, as you are working in Ghana here, you just want to travel outside. I don't understand. For what? Is there not a cause, my brother? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? So if you can't bear that your dresses will be few and your shoe will be one and your house will not be nice and you can't bear these things. Is there not a cause? Hmm. There's a cause. Hallelujah. For some of us, the Lord will help us be established in his vision deeper. The anchor will hold. Amen. The anchor will hold. Will be established deeper, will be baptized deeper into the vision, the intentions, the plans, the purposes. These things will be part of our considerations as we think through life and all that, these things will be part of our considerations. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.